a break in between series here to talk a little bit about something that we're going to be doing later in February. We as a church are going to be observing a Christian celebration called Lent. And how many of you have heard of Lent before? Okay. Has anyone here participated in Lent? Maybe in a different church or denomination? Okay, so yes, this, this will actually be new for a lot of you, which is part of why we're doing it. And it's really exciting because Lent is not something that's typically as, um, observed within the Christian Missionary Alliance, but it's going to be a great opportunity for us to come together as a church and prepare our hearts for Easter. Okay, so what is Lent? What is Lent? Okay, here it is. Lent is a time for Christians to focus on prayer, fasting, and simple living in order to prepare their hearts for Easter and grow closer to God. That's basically what Lent is. It's a time to prepare our hearts for what I believe to be kind of the biggest day of the Christian calendar. Christmas is big, but I think for, for followers of Christ, for all of our world, Easter is bigger. And so what Lent is, is a chance to prepare your hearts for 40 days leading up to Easter. Okay, so, so when is it? When is Lent? Okay. So it's, as I said, it's 40 days. It starts next month, February 10th. It actually starts on a Wednesday. And it goes for 40 days to Easter, which this year is March 27th. Easter is super early this year. So it's like March 27th, I know. So, so it's, it's 20 days there. I mean, excuse me, for 40 days. Now, if you're a math, math genius right now, you might be saying, that's not actually 40 days. That's 46 days. Okay? I, no, okay, no, but none of you are saying that right now. <laughs> but what, so it's actually 40 days excluding Sundays. Because Sundays is sort of like every Sunday is kind of a celebration of Christ. It's like a little mini Easter. So when we, when we count the 40 days, we exclude Sundays. And so, so Lent, it's really exciting. So it's these 40 days, and, and it's celebrated most prominently by Catholics, Lutherans, um, uh, the Anglican Church in, in England. Um, let's see, who else? And, and Methodists also celebrate Lent, along with River Life. And so, so what, what is Lent? What do you do? What do you actually do in Lent? Okay? Well, the, let's go back to the, the definition of it. It's Lent is a 40 days to help you grow closer to God and uh, grow closer to God and prepare yourself for Easter. The truth is, anything that helps you grow closer to God and prepare for Easter, you can do for Lent. Now, normally, there are a couple key pieces that are really common for Lent. One of them is fasting. One of the most common things that happens in Lent is that someone chooses to give up something for 40 days. I'm already excited. I'm giving up soda. Okay? <laughs> and if you've been around, you know that story. So, yeah, so I'm giving up soda for 40 days up into Easter. And, and it's part of a way, it's part of sacrificing. It's part of kind of denying ourselves. It's part repentance. It's part reminding us of our sins. Because that's what Easter is all about. Um, and so, but it can be anything. Essentially anything that helps kind of, or prevents you from connecting with God. So for some of you that might be Facebook. For some of you it might be Netflix. For some of you it might be partying. For who knows what it might be for you. Well, that's one of the things you can do. And, and 
we're going to do something today, something a little different, where I'm actually going to talk only to for about sort of 12, uh, 13 minutes here, and then, then my wife, Paul, is going to come up, and she's actually going to talk about fasting and give you a little bit of help and instruction about what fasting is, because that's one of the most prominent components of, of a Lent. Okay? But there's more. There's also prayer. And prayer and fasting go together. They're, they're kind of the yin and yang of, of Lent season here. And so sometimes people will take on a focused time for 40 days of prayer. You can download a prayer app. There are a number of them in, in both the iTunes store and uh, Google's Play store. Uh, you can download a prayer app. It will give you prayers to pray every day. Uh, you can sign up for a Lent devotional. Through, if you got the Bible on your phone, you can actually sign up one of their reading plans. I checked it out, and, um, and if you've got the Life Tree Bible, the most common one, they've actually got about six or seven Lent Bible reading plans that you can sign up for and commit to read your Bible for 40 days. So there are all sorts of things. And one of the other things that's very common in, during Lent is service, where you, you decide not only to, to do something with Christ, like prayer or fasting, but you do something for Christ. Maybe you decide, okay, once a week for these six weeks, um, I'm going to find a place to serve. I can go, go down there. Are a number of nonprofit organizations you can connect with, and, and our own Alicia will be able to connect you. She can give you a whole slew of opportunities to serve. You want to say, I want to commit to once a week, or, or I want to commit some finances every week to bless hungry children over the weekends. Okay? Whatever it is. But serving is another key component of Lent. And it's really up to you. We as a church, we're not going to mandate what you have to do, what you don't have to do. That's not quite our style. Um, we're, so we're going to let you guys choose. And you'll hear about this over the next few weeks as well to help remind you. And follow us on Facebook. Or our, our website's going to be live at the end of the month. I'm very excited. It's been down for a little while. But it's going up live. It's going to be great. Um, so hang tight. But by the time we start this, our website will be launched. So if, if you're fasting from Facebook, you can still keep all in touch with River Life on our website, riverlifemn.com. Soon. Give us another week or so. Okay. So where is Lent in the Bible? Where is Lent in the Bible? Well, the truth is, it's not there. Okay? So, so don't, maybe, maybe you've got some Catholic friends and they're making a big case of, that the Bible commands us to observe it. No. Okay? It doesn't. It's not there in the Bible. But... The themes of Lent, of repentance, of prayer and fasting, those are all throughout the Bible. So the themes of Lent are very prominent throughout the Old and the New Testament. They're all over the place. In fact, even this idea of a, period, a set period of time for 40 days to prepare yourself for something is actually all over the Bible. Moses, when he fled Egypt after killing a man, he spent 40 years in the wilderness as God was preparing him to go back to Pharaoh to call out to free the Egyptians, I mean the Israelites who were slaves. 40 years in the desert. Right? Not only that, the Israelites spent 40 years wandering around the desert um, as punishment of their sin before they were able to enter the promised land, before they were able to live out this plan that God had in store for them. Not only that, but Jesus, as he grew up, before he started any public ministry, he spent 40 days in the desert. And you might notice a theme here. So we're all going to be moving out to the desert, which now, about this time of season wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> but, but Jesus spent 40 days in the desert, fasting and praying as he prepared himself for his public ministry. 
prepared himself in his relationship with God. So this idea of taking 40 days of preparation is not uncommon. It's actually really common throughout Scripture. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. I'm really excited about it. Um, we've never done this in River Life, and I've got some friends uh, from other churches who are pastoring and youth pastoring other churches who do this sort of thing, and, and I've followed them the last couple of years. And, uh, I'm really excited to be able to do this together, to grow spiritually together for 40 days. Uh, so I'm going to pause there. I'm, I'm actually going to give a chance. If anyone has, I know that was very quick, uh, but I want to give you a chance. If you have any questions, I'll, I'll take a couple questions about Lent. Anything that you might have heard or might be wondering, I'll field a couple questions. Anyone have questions about Lent? Anything you've heard of before? Yes? Why isn't it typically Um, Typically, Lent is part of what is called the liturgical calendar. And it's typically Lent, along with other Christian holidays throughout the year, are typically part of churches that are more aligned with what's called a high church, uh, ones that have more formal uh, priesthoods, more formal calendars. There are some denominations, I think, probably the closest to the CMA would be the Lutherans, that they follow a, a calendar, um, and part of that calendar, so there are Christian days and themes and seasons of life. Um, CNA, along with things like um, ones maybe like Baptist and things like that, aren't as high church, so they don't follow this, these ideas of a Christian calendar. Um, it's not to say it's right or wrong, um, but it's kind of a different style of church. Uh, yeah, so all of those that, that I listed, the Catholics, the Anglicans, the Episcopals, they all have much more formal, if you've ever been to like a Catholic church or a Catholic service, um, I'd be wearing robes and cool hats and stuff like that. So, so it's a kind of a different style of church. Let's do one more. Any other, any other questions about Lent? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll throw two little pieces here that are connected to Lent. Um, one is that, did you know Mardi Gras is actually connected to Lent? Mardi Gras happens on the Tuesday before the Wednesday that Lent starts. In fact, that Tuesday is called Fat Tuesday. And originally, how it all got started was um, that Lent starts on a Wednesday called Ash Wednesday. And so, and people would, would forego or fast from things like sweets or breads, like refined or um, alcohol. And so the day before Lent, they ate all the sweets, drank all the alcohol, and basically just ate everything in the house that they couldn't have for 40 days. And that eventually morphed into what we, we now know as Mardi Gras, this giant party to go a little out of control. But believe it or not, that's actually connected to Lent. I think it's a little overboard, uh, but hey, to each his own, for those at least. So yeah, so, so that is actually connected, Mardi Gras connected to Lent. The other, one, the other one that I'll add on here is this notion of Ash Wednesday. I mentioned that. Have you ever seen a friend or a co-worker come around on a Wednesday with like this little smudge on their forehead? Okay, this little like black smudge and you're like, oh, excuse me, you got a little something on you. Okay, um, so what Ash Wednesday is the beginning of like, this year it's February 10th. And, and there's a service that they do on Wednesday to commemorate, to begin Lent. Where, and often, often in churches, so the Catholic Church, 
um, Episcopal Church and practices. This is where, where, where the pastor, the priest, will actually take some ashes and form a sign of a cross on a person's forehead as a way of blessing them at the beginning of this season of Lent. And the ashes are symbolic of mourning and repentance. One of the things we see in the Old Testament is that ashes are very commonly associated with repentance. Well, the other one that, if you've heard some stories, are sackcloth. You might have heard ashes and sackcloth, which is just really uncomfortable clothes. But it's a form of repenting before God of your sins. So, yeah, so come February 10th, if you ever happen to see a co-worker with a little smudge on their face or a friend or someone along the street, then they actually went to an Ash Wednesday service and they're celebrating Lent, just like us. All right. So from here, I'm actually going to hand off uh, to perform to talk a little bit about what fasting is, since that's going to be a pretty big part of what this season is. Now, now before I do, one of the things they say when you've been married long enough that you start dressing alike, and I, I kid you not, this was not planned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we seriously need more clothes. Okay. It's because I buy your clothes. That's true. <laughs> well, good morning, and your show. It's good to see all of you again. So we're going to um, take a little time to talk about fasting, but before we do that, I want to know how many of you ate something before service started? How many of you ate something? Okay, and we would say that you had your breakfast, right? But really what you were doing was you were breaking your fast. Did you ever notice that? Breakfast is breaking a fast because you were sleeping and you didn't eat at all. You were fasting. And then you get up in the morning and you break your fast. So, really, you have already been fasting. You might not even know that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what is fasting? Um, why do we do it? And then what should we be doing while we're fasting, other than not eating? Okay. So what is fasting? To fast simply is to, to abstain from food, or in the Hebrew, it's actually translated, not eat. So don't eat. That's what fasting means. Um, in other words, while you were sleeping, you weren't eating. You were fasting. But also in the Bible, when, when it talks about fasting and not eating, it actually implies that you're denying yourself. Because when you don't eat, your body's like, I want that. And you, you say, no, body, you're not going to eat this food. And in a sense, you're denying yourself. So actually, in a lot of um, translations, in some of the newer translations, instead of using the word fasting, every time the word fasting is used, the translators have actually used the word deny yourself. Okay, so it's, been, it's more broadly translated now. Um, so for Lent, the idea now is for you to pick something that you really enjoy, but now you're going to deny yourself. You're going to fast from that thing. Okay. So, you should choose something, like Greg said earlier, anything, but it has to be something that's meaningful to you, that it's important to you, so that every time you want it, you have to actually say, no, I have to deny myself. Okay. So, I, I don't particularly like food, so for me to fast from food is not really a sacrifice. 
That would probably not be a good fast for me. But I love sweets. It's a type of food, but it's not really a good food. But I love sweets. So if I were to fast, it would be from sweets. Like chocolate and cake and anything with a lot of sugar in it. Okay? So you want to give something that is a sacrifice for you to give up. Okay, why? Why do we fast? Well, first of all, we fast because it was actually God who told his people to fast. It was God's idea. Um, in Leviticus 16, 29-31, we find that it's the one day where God actually commanded his people, the Israelites, to fast, to not eat food. And here's what it says in the New Living Translation. On the tenth day of the appointed month, in early autumn, which happened to be the seventh month, you must deny yourselves. Neither native-born Israelites nor foreigners living among you may do any kind of work. This is a permanent law for you. On that day, offerings of purification will be made for you, and you will be purified in the Lord's presence from all your sins. It will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and you must deny yourselves, or you must fast. This is a permanent law for you. So this was when God was telling his people that there's going to be one day out of the year, I want you to deny yourself, don't eat, come to the temple, and the priest will kill the lamb and actually say, this is the day where, where I forgive all your sins. And it was actually the Day of Atonement looking to the day when Jesus, the Lamb of God, would die for his people. So as preparation to receive this forgiveness and this atonement, God told his people to fast, to deny themselves. Um, and as the, as the Israelites learned to be in connection with God more, they started fasting more regularly. There was one day that they all had to fast, but people would choose to fast. In fact, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, the rulers, the religious rulers, they would fast two days a week because they wanted to use that fasting as a way to connect to God. Okay. And all through the Bible, as Greg mentioned, we see people fasting and praying. Um, not just on the Day of Atonement. And for various reasons. Uh, so here are a few examples. Daniel, when he realized that his people were going to stay in exile out of their homeland for 70 years, and his heart was broken for his people, he fasted and he prayed. Uh, while he was fasting and praying, he was confessing the sins of his people, and he was praying for them. Um, King Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles 20, he heard that a great army was coming against his people, and he was afraid. So he fasted, and he told everyone in Jerusalem to fast, and they prayed, and they sought God's protection and for his direction. Um... Ezra, who, who we have heard before from Greg when he was telling us about how to rebuild our lives. Ezra was leaving his, the country that he lived in in exile. He was going to Jerusalem. 
but he and his people had no protection. It was just him and people, and he was like, we're going to get hurt along the way. So he told the people, we need to fast, and we need to pray and ask God for protection during this journey. And he said particularly that fasting would help them humble themselves before God. And David, King David, um, he had a little baby, and God said, because you committed adultery, and this child was born out of adultery, I'm going to take this child's life. And David fasted seven days, begging God to spare his son's life. And so that was a time where he was seeking God and begging God for something he really wanted. Um, in the New Testament, we see people fasting. Uh, before Paul was sent out on his missionary journey, he was with the church in Antioch, and they took the time to fast and pray. And it was during their time of fasting that the Holy Spirit said to them, set aside uh, Paul and Barnabas, because I'm going to send them to people who have never heard about me before. Uh, and then, as, as Greg mentioned earlier as well, even Jesus fasted. And he fasted for 40 days because he knew that he was going to be tempted. In the book of Luke, um, Luke tells us that Jesus was tempted for 40 days. And he fasted so that he could get strength from God while he was being tempted. So as you can see, there are many reasons and many conditions and situations where a person might fast. Okay. Um, but ultimately, we fast and we're denying ourselves for the purpose of getting in touch with God. So we're not just fasting for the sake of fasting, but it is so that we can get in touch with God. And I think that too much of the time when we hear the word fasting, the focus is more on the thing that you're fasting from. And the actual act of like denying yourself, that's what you're focusing on. However, the real purpose of our fasting is to help us take our eyes off of that thing that we think we need every day, or for some of us, every minute of every day. Take our eyes off of that thing and actually focus it back on God where it really belongs. So again, fasting is when we deny ourselves and take the focus off of ourselves in order that we can look to God instead. Okay. So, how does that happen? How does it happen that we actually focus on God? Because most of the day I'm like, okay, don't eat, don't eat, or, you know, don't go to Facebook, don't go to Facebook. And that's what you're thinking when you're fasting, don't go to Facebook. But really, fasting should bring you to God. And let me tell you what God himself says that we should do while we're fasting. In Joel 2, verse 12 to 13, in the New Living Translation, here's what, what the Lord suggests. So in Joel 2, God is saying that he is going to send judgment on the people because they have been evil and they have not been focusing on him. So when we pick up in Joel 2, 12, here's what it says. 
That is why we need, because God's judgment is coming, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your heart. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. In the Old Testament, what people would do when they were mourning is they would actually tear off their, their cloak. And then that's when they would put the sackcloth on and they would put ashes on their face and their heads so that you knew that they were fasting and mourning. And God's like, I don't want you to do that. I don't, I don't want you to show everybody that you're fasting, like outwardly. Instead, I want you to tear your heart. Okay, your heart is the thing that should be um, hurting. And you should come to him fasting from the things that you think are really important. Okay. Um, Marilyn Hickey is a writer and speaker. This is what she explains about fasting. She says that a spiritual fast involves our hearts and the way in which we relate to and trust God. It relates to discerning and receiving strength to follow through on what God might reveal to us about circumstances in our lives or a direction we are to take. So fasting should be an outward sign of denying that thing that we think is so important because inside we're fasting and turning our hearts to God. Okay, so if you don't remember anything else, remember this little equation. Fasting, in God's eyes, is turning to God and then giving Him your heart. Okay, don't focus on the turning away from your food or your Facebook or your sugar or your Diet Pepsi. Instead, focus on turning to God and giving Him your heart. That's what fasting really is. So all those examples I gave you earlier of people who were fasting, they were turning to God. Oftentimes they said, um, like in Daniel, Daniel says, I fasted and I sought the Lord. I was seeking the Lord while I was fasting. Um, in um, Jehoshaphat was seeking God, but it also it actually said that he was giving his attention to God. Because if he didn't, his attention would be on the army that was coming against him. Okay. So while we're turning to God, we seek him, we, we give our attention to him. And as Ezra mentioned, part of what we do when we're focusing on God is that we're humbling ourselves before him. We, we humble ourselves. And when we give our hearts to him, part of that is confessing everything that is in our hearts. All the fears, all the worries, all the anger, all the sins that we've committed. So give your heart by confessing, admitting your complete reliance on God. Part of giving him your heart 
is that you're actually giving him your life, right? God, I trust you with this. And you're waiting for God, listening to what he has to say. And ultimately, as we fast, it's because we want to know what God wants for us. Okay, God, instead of me eating sweets every time I feel anxious, I want what you want from me instead when I'm anxious. Okay. So, spiritual fasting is never about just going without food or something that you like. It is always accompanied by some act of seeking God, whether that is through prayer, talking to God, or reading his word so that you actually hear what he has to say. Okay. So, here are some practical things that you can do and that I often do when I'm fasting. Um, so, if you are fasting from, let's say, Facebook, each time your finger goes to your mouse, or I don't do this, I have to have a mouse. So, when you want to go to Facebook, stop yourself and pray right then and there. You would be amazed how many times you pray throughout the day, right? <laughs> so instead of doing that thing that you were just about to do, take a moment and pray to God instead. And maybe you, each time you think about Facebook, you ask God to give you strength. You know, God give me strength to um, seek you instead of trying to figure out what all my friends are doing right now, right? Um, or maybe at the end of uh, each day of your fast, you take time to pray to thank God for giving you the strength to make it through that day. Okay? Or when you're weak and you're tempted to break your fast, grab your Bible and read it. It might inspire you and it may give you more insight. Or you may be like, you know what? During these 40 days of Lent, I'm going to read my Bible every day. That's what I'm going to do. It's my way of focusing on God, turning to Him, and giving my heart to Him, is to actually start a daily reading uh, routine for you. Um, as Greg mentioned earlier, during the 40 days of Lent, maybe you want to sign up for emails that these sites can send you so that while you're fasting, you get these reminders, daily reminders of what to pray for or what to, um, to meditate on God's word. Okay. The point is, while you're fasting, don't focus on the fast. Focus instead on God. Turn your eyes to God and let that thing that keeps coming up, oh, you know, I'm hungry. You know, I'm probably more hungry spiritually. Thank God, I, I want to seek you. Okay. So let that be um, the thing that actually helps you get closer to God. So remember this, fasting is turning to God and giving Him your heart. So think right now, what do you need to do while you're giving up something, while you're denying yourself, what do you need to do that will help you turn to God and give your heart to Him? 
and that might be different for each of you, but that's what we want you to focus on in these 40 days of Lent. So I'll, I'll do what Greg can do, give you a couple of minutes to ask me questions about fasting if you want to. Any questions about fasting? Wow, I'm brilliant. I have a question. Now, we'll be here, and if you have questions, or you know, between now and February 10, maybe you start thinking about what is it that I want to fast from? Okay. One thing I do want to say, and I've been thinking about this too, is that Greg and I have been talking about doing a particular kind of diet just to be healthier. I don't know if I would call that a fast. Unless it was really I'm denying myself like my coffee every morning, which is not really good for me because I get jittery. Um, and then instead of having my coffee, I eat much better. But again, it's about denying myself something so that I can refocus on God. Okay. Yes? If I'm fasting from something, do I need to share it with a friend? Thank you for asking that. So one principle of fasting in the Bible is that Jesus told us to actually fast in secret. Because it's between me and God. And so he said in the Old Testament, people would walk around, in fact, the Pharisees would walk around and be like, can you tell them fasting today? You know, and if you can't, you just look at my clothes and my face and look how hungry I am, right? And Jesus said, no, when you fast, let it be between you and God and put on makeup and dress nicely so people don't know that you're fasting because you don't need people to compliment and say, good job on your fast. Okay? Um, now, if you have a partner or children and they're affected by your fast, then you might want to tell them, hey, you know, for 40 days, here's what I'm fasting from. Um, and that's just courtesy so that they don't get upset with you if they don't get the kind of meal that you, you know, like you're not going to cook for them. Or, okay? Um, but in general, you don't need to tell people. I mean, we, we're inviting you to do Lent with us as a church, but we don't need to know what you're doing. You know, if we suddenly you disappear from Facebook, that's okay. We'll survive without you on Facebook. <laughs> Okay, but that was a great question. Uh, in the examples that you shared, and often when I hear people say they're fasting, usually they're fasting for something, um, whether that's something in return from God, like they're asking for something. Is, that, is there some sort of significance to that, or is where you said later about just fasting to get closer to God? Yes, yeah, so there, there are multiple uh, reasons why somebody might fast. One of the major ones is to uh, gain self-control or to let God control that area of your life. So if you have an addiction, let's say, okay, you need to coffee. I would say, God, I want to break this addiction. This thing has control over me, and I'm fasting, Lord, and I need your help to, to be able to have self-control over this habit. So that might be something. Um, a lot of times... I fast when I want to hear from God, and I say, God, here's a big decision that's coming up. I want to know for sure what your heart is on this decision. Um, in fact, most of my fasting has been for that, 
is I'm ready to make a decision and move, and I'm like, no, I need to wait on God. And fasting helps me focus on God. So I'm constantly praying about that situation. Uh, and I usually fast for a couple days so that I get to the point where I'm so weak that I do really have to depend on God. So part of it is humbling yourself. That's very common, that fasting is used to humble ourselves before God. And when you're really physically weak, there's something that also happens in the spiritual realm where things become more clear some, for some reason, okay? Um, and then some people will fast for someone else. Like you can say, I, I know my friend is going through a particular hardship, and I'm not just going to pray for them, I'm also going to fast while I'm praying. Okay. But again, the focus is always because it helps us focus more on God than on that, that thing that we're denying ourselves of. Okay. Mary, what, if, what if I fast that day and I fail? What should I do? Okay, if you fast and you fail, that's a perfect opportunity to just say, Lord, this thing that whatever it is that I was trying to deny myself is pretty powerful in my life. Forgive me, and tomorrow I'm going to try again. Okay, so don't give up, particularly because of this 40 days. <laughs> if, if you give up too soon, you might not be able to um, see the results of actually being able to overcome that habit or the dependence on that food or whatever it is. So don't give up. Again, God knows it's not about, hey, deny yourself that thing. It's about turn to me and focus on me. Okay. So maybe as you fail, that actually brings you more focus on God. I don't know. But I know that God is not about, did you fast or did you break the fast too soon? It's not about that. Okay. So I encourage you, again, we're inviting you to participate with us in something new uh, for 40 days. And however you do it um, is up to you. So for some of you, it might be once a day, I'm going to give up one meal. For some of you, it may be, you know, I won't, um, for some of you, it's not, I won't go to the gym because I'm so addicted to it. Right? I wish that was me. Um, but whatever it is that you depend on and you think you need in order to be, you know, happy or whatever it is, okay, that's the thing that you want to deny yourself of so that you can focus on that. All right? Okay. Um, the worship team is going to come up. We're going to close uh, with a song. And then, again, if anyone you need prayer, or if you want to talk more about, hey, I, I want to know more about this. I want to do this. You can come and talk to Greg and me if you need any directions. Okay?